we, uh, every week, we basically pray for another body of Christ, and we've said it multiple times, we are not the best body, we are not the best church, we're a part of the best church, we're a part of the best body, and, uh, but we have other pieces of the body, and those are other churches in the area, out of the area, all over the world, but generally every week we pray for another church, and this morning I want to pray for the gathering, and Pastor Paul and Wendy Jenkins, very good friends of ours, we do lots of things together, sometimes behind the scenes, <coughs> sometimes out front, uh, but would you join with me and will you agree with me and let's just lift them up, okay? So Lord, right now we just lift up the gathering. Father, thank you for that body of Christ. Thank you for what you're doing in them. Lord, we praise you. We honor you. We worship you for them. Lord, we just ask, we just plead the blood of Jesus over that church, that all protection would be had for them, that they would have wisdom, that they would have the honor of you, Lord. Lord, we just thank you. We come against anything that would try to get them off the track that you have. Lord, we just ask that your will be done in that body as it is in heaven. And Lord, right now, we just lift up Pastor Paul and his wife, Wendy, Lord. Let them have wisdom. Let them be protected. Let their children be blessed. Let their home be blessed. And let them be blessed in Jesus' name. Lord, we also just pray for their leadership, Lord. Let them hear your voice and be led by nothing else but your spirit. And we praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So let's turn to Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36. And I believe that today is the final... Um, uh, I got people laughing at me when I say I believe today's the last of something. They're like, uh-huh. So I believe that today is our last installment of the Shepherd series, and uh, I have enjoyed it. I hope that you have. Uh, if you haven't seen it, we talked about our need for a shepherd. We talked about what that looks like, and uh, we talked about that it's God's plan. Um, in, this, in this verse here, what we started out asking is, what is a pastor? Because the word for pastor in the New Testament actually literally translated means shepherd. And so what is a pastor? And we said a pastor is uh, a real shepherd is Jesus' answer to a problem. And what's the problem? In Matthew 9.36 it says this, Jesus seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed distressed means troubled and dispirited that means they were scattered with a low morale or without morale or unity. So they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. So when a sheep have no shepherd, two things happen. They become troubled and scattered or low morale and low unity. And I asked the very first week, have you ever felt like you've been troubled? Have you ever felt like just my life is scattered? Well, those are some of the common symptoms when you are not submitted to a shepherd, 
when you have not when you are not allowing a shepherd to be a part of your life and this is what Jesus was seeing so he said hey i don't want my people troubled i don't want them with low morale i don't want them scattered and outside of unity i want them strong i want them out of trouble and in order to solve that in ephesians 4 it says when he ascended on high he gave gifts to men, and then it goes on to show those gifts, and one of those gifts was a shepherd. So he was giving us shepherds, giving us pastors, so that we could step out of trouble in our life and step into the plan of God. Well, that's awesome, but here's the thing about that. Uh, a true shepherd will bring peace, strength, and unity to men, and it sounds great, but it doesn't just happen. Let me ask you this question. Does Jesus want to be the shepherd to all people in the earth and ever has been and ever will be? Does he want to be their great shepherd? Is he? Is he going to be the great shepherd to everybody? He wants to be and he's given himself to them. But that doesn't mean that they have received him as the great shepherd. Not everybody's going to come to the knowledge of God. Not everybody's going to know him as a great shepherd. So just because he wants it, and just because he's even given his life to be their shepherd, doesn't mean that it's going to happen. In other words, in this situation, the sheep play a part. How? The sheep say... I'm going to let him be my shepherd. I'm going to let him be. But what we talked about was uh, the fact that Jesus gave the gift of a pastor, gave the gift of a shepherd, shows our need for a shepherd, an under-shepherd. Jesus is our great shepherd, but when God gave gifts, when Jesus gave gifts to men, he was basically saying they're going to need somebody in their life besides me that I can work through. That's why I'm giving it. That's why, that's why he gave pastors. That's why he gave shepherds. But just like they won't necessarily accept Jesus as their shepherd, will the sheep automatically accept the under-shepherd as well, the pastor? No. And so again, even if the gift is given in all its fullness, the sheep can decide, nah. I didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> I didn't even, that, that was all Holy Spirit setting me up because when you laughed, I went, oh, yeah, that's, that's what that was. Where's Roger? There you go, awesome, thank you. So, that, that one's got me off track now, that was, that was nice. Seth was like, uh. <laughs> so, Having a shepherd doesn't just happen. Uh, we choose Jesus as our shepherd, and he gave under shepherds. We also choose to accept the shepherd where God has placed us. We choose that. Do you realize that just because you come to church all the time doesn't mean that you have accepted a shepherd? And you can come to church all you want to, and you can hear the message, but never be a doer. And all you've done is just heard a good message. But it never has change in your life because you block it because you don't receive 
the message to actually turn it into action. So in other words, you can come, you know, let's say that uh, John is sitting here and let's say that he comes and he listens to a whole bunch of messages and, and I have a heart to be a shepherd, to pastor him, to, to, to stand in the gap and help lead and guide and direct and feed and protect him. But if he's never willing to be led or to be directed, then essentially... I'm not that. doesn't matter if he's here every week. At some point, humility has to say, I'm opening up my life to you. I'm opening up myself to hear direction, to be fed. We talked about being fed. You know, just because I give you something to eat doesn't mean that you ever have to put it in your mouth. You can have a, you know, a person can die with a plate of food sitting in front of them because they never put it in their mouth. But just because they even take the food and put it in their mouth doesn't mean that they get the nutrition out of it because they can sit there chewing and die because they never swallowed it. They never made it a part of themselves. They never fully accepted it. So in the feeding of a shepherd, just because I give a good message out, at some point you got to say, man... I may actually need to change. I may actually need to humble myself and realize I don't know everything. And that sounds like, you know, well, everybody knows they don't know everything. Well, try to tell that to somebody when they are going down the wrong path. I challenge you. <laughs> because I try to tell people all the time, and you would be amazed at how many people off actually accept it. I would say it's in uh, the teens or 20s of the people that actually receive instruction. So just because we have a shepherd placed in our life, just because God's given us a place, doesn't mean that we actually receive from it. But do you realize that everything in your life revolves around the place where God has placed you? All of your blessing, all of the goodness of God, everything that goes on in your life has to deal, deal with the fact of the position, the place in the body where God has placed you and the shepherd that he's given to you, the gifts that he's given to you. And so a lot of times, I, I heard somebody recently talking about uh, a billboard in another state, another city, and the billboard said, go to the church where you're comfortable. And the guy that was talking and preaching and teaching, he said, that's the most ungodly thing. I, and the church put the billboard up. He said, that's the most ungodly thing I've ever seen in my life. Because if you go to the place where you're comfortable, here's the, here's the issue with that. Who's leading you? Yeah. Not God. You go to the church where God's placed you. Right. Uh, if Rebecca was in here, you know, I, she... She actually came here. She felt this draw to boomerang. It was, it was almost by accident in the flesh, but in the spirit it probably wasn't an accident. And, and God led y'all here. But in Rebecca in particular, she said, and, and I came and I was being fed and I knew that boomerang was my place. I knew it. I, just, I knew it in my heart. But then, you know, in, in her words, and I'll try to paraphrase, I was stupid. And uh, she, she said, and I went after something, you know, that wasn't God. 
And I allowed that to get me away from here. And for about six months, I think she moved up to another city, and she moved away, and she wasn't coming here. And about six months later, she was just feeling like, I'm missing something. And the Lord started, she opened herself up enough to God for the Lord to start talking to her. She was like, all right, and, and praise God for that. Do you know how many people don't do that? She opened herself up, and God said, your place is boomerang, and you left it for the wrong reasons. And the Lord said, get back. And then, but here's the issue. Logically, there was no way to get back. It is like, all right, well, if that's the case, Lord, you're going to have to help me. Because, and so she relied on the Lord. Maybe it's good she's not in here because I'm bragging on her. So she, she relied on the Lord. And the Lord started opening doors, house, job, you know, promotion, different things. And, and the whole way wasn't like, you know, just tea cakes and roses. There were roadblocks the devil tried to throw in. But she said, I'm just going to trust God. God opened all of that pathway for her to be back. And now she's growing and the Lord is really blessing her. It doesn't mean she doesn't have any issues or problems. It means that those problems are now finding solutions. That's what it means. It means that now she's in the place where God had it ordained for her so that he can pour out his blessings. But see, if we just go to the place where we're comfortable, that doesn't mean it's God's place. We have to make sure that we hear from the Lord and we're obedient to that. And we allow people to be in our lives the way that God has allowed them. We have to submit ourselves. We have to humble ourselves. That's what... A shepherd is. Let's turn to Psalms 23. And I just, you know, I guess going to Psalms 23 is kind of a cliche for a shepherd series, but there's some stuff I want you to see here. So Psalms 23.1, it says this. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In other translations it says this, it says, I won't need a thing. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. Now let me just, since we've talked about this already, today we're, we're just talking and we're going to talk quickly about this, is how does this work? And I want to show you a couple of things. A shepherd, we talked about, they're supposed to feed, to direct or guide and protect, and they're supposed to be an example. These are the things that a shepherd does. To feed, lead or guide, protect, and be an example. Now, uh, protection could even fall under the guiding because they'll keep them away from danger and they'll beat it off if it comes on. That They're directing their lives. But here's, here's the thing. If the Lord is your shepherd and he has given under shepherds, he's given pastors, if you have not received a pastor in your place, are you really allowing God to be your shepherd? Are you allowing him to direct your life? No. No, you're not. And I'm not just talking about a spiritual place. I'm talking about a physical place. They go hand in hand. 
And he, here's the thing. Our are we really allowing him to be the shepherd? See, in order for us to have a shepherd, we got to be a good sheep. We can't just say, yes, I go to that church. Well, hallelujah, golf clap for you. That doesn't mean anything unless you're allowing yourself to be shepherded, to be pastored, unless you're Coming into not, not the world's idea of submission and authority, but the loving submission and authority that God has. Where you're humbling yourself. See, a lot of people don't even allow the Lord to tell them where their place is. So how can they even be in the, in the middle of his plan if they're not even in the place? Because they're going where they're comfortable. That's part of the problem that the church has seen and why we become so powerless in so many different areas is because you've got people that are doing what they want, not what God wants, what they want. They're not allowing him to be a shepherd. How can they expect for the rest of this chapter all the good stuff to happen if they're not allowing God to even put them in their place? It's kind of like we want God to be the master craftsman, but we're going to tell him, no, don't put that over there, Lord, put it over here. Oh, wait a minute, if he's going to create his workmanship, then he needs to be the artist. He needs to be the artist. I want the I shall not want part. But I don't get the I shall not want part without the he's my shepherd part. Yeah. And I don't get the I shall not want part without him allowing, me allowing him to shepherd me to the place where I receive his under shepherd it doesn't happen let's go to verse 2 he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside quiet waters what I want you to focus on as we just go through these verses is this what's my part in this all right I'm I'm a part of the flock of God and the flock of boomerang what's my part what's my role what do I do? Because just like the shepherd, it doesn't just happen. You play a part. It's free. God's paid for it. But you've got to decide to step into it. And you play a part in that. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Well, here's the thing. Uh, lying down, when sheep lie down, uh, my understanding is that they don't lie down unless they're full. In other words, they eat and eat and eat until they're full. And that's when they lie down. That's when they rest. So in other words, if they're going to be full, they've got to be fed. And if they're going to be fed, they've got to eat some stuff. And the shepherd should lead, lead them not to the milk, but he should lead them to the meat. I mean, it should be good. My part is to give you good food. Hopefully today classifies and qualifies as that in your mind. I hope. But... Your job is, whether you like it or not, if you're trusting me to be your shepherd, and I, you believe I've heard from God to be in this place, and I believe I've heard from God to give you a message, your job is to say, yeah, I'll eat that. Just like kids, you know, they don't always want their vegetables. They don't always want what's good for them. Luke, man, right now, I, we've been having a joke in the house, is like, man, you're calling Luke, 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 all over the house. Luke, Luke. He doesn't answer. He doesn't come. 
But man, open one Reese's Pieces cup <laughs> or one piece of candy. And man, he comes flying. What's that, Daddy? What's that? I'm like, oh, oh, no, 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 no. This is not how this works. A lot of times that's the way we are in church. Man, tell me about the good things of God. Don't tell me what I got to do. <laughs> Don't, but we got to eat where the shepherd leads us. And the shepherd's going to lead me to lead you to a place. In other words, I'm taking this flock in the direction and the mission that God wants for Boomerang. But in order for me to get you where we need to go, then I've got to hear from him myself and hear him say, I want you to go over there and take them over there. They need some of that feeding for a while. And then when that's done, take them over here. They need a series called Proof. Take them over here because in 2015, I want them to know that they need to be the light. Don't just talk about it. Be it. Yeah. You know, and we need to be prepared for the things. But that doesn't happen. Preparation doesn't happen if I'm not listening myself and then if you're not eating it. In other words, there's things in Be the Light all throughout this year, our theme for this year, that God wanted you to get. But almost assuredly, every single one of us, probably including myself, had pieces of it that I never digested. We need to be the kind of people that will eat anything that Jesus wants us to get. Not make excuses for it, but to be ready because guess what? In 2016, he's probably going to ask us some stuff to do. Now that we got some knowledge about some things, he's going to put us in a position to do exactly that. Shine. That's what's happening. But if we didn't pay attention in this year, we won't be ready for next year. So we got to eat where the shepherd leads us. In other words, and guess what? You don't always feel like eating what's put in front of you. And I get that. I can generally tell by the faces. It looks just like Luke's when we push vegetables in front of them. <laughs> or I'll say something, everybody will be like. Shaking their head, bound. don't look at the pastor right now. I don't know what he's talking about. I wish he'd just be quiet. It is time to eat. I am hungry. I am hungry. We've got to be ready to eat what the Lord puts in front of us. I can tell you, you know, a lot of you know, we just came through a two-year period of time of some pruning. And, man, the Lord put us on a new foundation. It's awesome. And God's been doing some great stuff in the last two months. But during that two-year period of time, I'm going to tell you, I was standing up here many times. And the Lord told me to tell you all something. And I was thinking, Lord, I don't want to tell them that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't want to tell them that. How many, how many times, I, I know some of you were here, and uh, we were pushing 1 o'clock, you know, in a service on Sunday. And I'm sitting here, and y'all going, I, I said, look, we got to put our flesh down, right? Right now, you're thinking about how much you want to get up out of here. you got to be able to put your flesh down. And you know what? I was sitting up here going, God, I don't want to tell them that, Lord. i got to put my flesh down to tell them what you said. But it was what we needed to eat for that moment. He was doing some stuff that I didn't even understand. I just knew what he was leading us to. And it was my job to do the same thing I'm asking you to do. Let's accept the Lord's leading, be humble about it, grow to the point where we're full, we're able to lie down because of the fullness. Listen, because of the fullness 
is when we get to the place where we can rest. And God wants you a rested people. He says in Psalms 127, I give to my beloved rest. One version even says, I give to you, give to my beloved even in their rest. In other words, how many people, how many people have been trying to get everything done and you just couldn't get it done? Well, maybe it's because you're not resting enough because he wants to give to you in your rest. And the fact that you're trying to stay awake and handle it all on yourself. Matter of fact, those verses right before there say, it is vain for you to rise up early and go to bed late to eat the painful, the Painful toils, basically. It's vain. It's vanity. It's prideful. We need to get to the place where we learn how to rest in God. And a lot of that comes from learning how to eat the right food. Being humble to eat the things that God puts in front of us. He leads me beside the quiet waters. In other words, my life doesn't have to be the roar, the loud roar of just complete anxiety all the time. There's a place where God will feed and water me right in the middle of me being restful and peaceful. But we don't get there without a shepherd. Verse 3 he restores my soul. Now, soul in the Bible is your mind. He restores my soul. And let me, let me just tell you, a shepherd is going to lead you to the place where your mind is restored. Doesn't that sound good? Doesn't that sound awesome? Guess what? <laughs> Trick, trap, I set you up. All right, so hit, sorry, it'll help you. Eat it. All right, amen. So, I can't get in here and help fix a soul if the sheep's not giving me access to even the deep ways that they're thinking. Without humility, without getting to know the sheep, without them actually opening up and humbling themselves, their thoughts, their ways to the shepherd, it's very difficult to bring restoration. It takes opening yourself up. In order to have a good shepherd, you've got to be a good sheep, which takes trust. Takes trust. Well, I don't trust anybody. Well, you need to decide if the Lord has called me to be your shepherd or not. Because that's really what you're facing. In other words, you still haven't even accepted the placement yet. That's, that's where the hang-up is. It's a commitment. It's a commitment. It's a, it is a trust. And I realize the world has done wrong things to you, and it's done wrong things to me. But I'd rather be the person that trusts and gets burnt than the one that's negative all my life and never has any joy. Yeah. I'd rather be the one that's trust, and every now and then I get burnt by somebody than to not have a shepherd. Than to not let Jesus do what he wants to do and lead me to the place of rest. Lead me to the place of shall not want. Lead me to the place of a restored mind. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You know, I love this, for his name's sake. In other words, his character, his nature demands that he lead me to the right places. It's who he is. But John, will you come? It is pick on John Day. I tell you what. Come on up here. 
Yeah. All right, so let's just say, let's come over here and let's go this way. Awesome. All right, now let's just say you are a sheep that's not been being good. All right. We're going we're gonna to change, change that in a minute. We're going to change that in a minute. But you are set on going that direction, and you are not going to let anybody tell you any different. You may even think that's God to go that direction. Because somewhere in your mind, you've gotten it through your head that God said, go that way. Now, that was never God, but you got it in your head and now you're deceived on it. And so we're going towards that direction. And your shepherd is going to stop you. Keep on going. He's going to guide you away from what was actually ungodly. The only problem is he never accepted a shepherd. So there was no guiding in place. And you went right to what was actually ungodly, thinking it was godly. And now the testimony that you have is, I went to this horrible place that was completely ungodly, and God sent me there. All right, let's do it again. Because of his namesake, Jesus is going to lead us and guide us. But you're set on that place and can't anybody talk you out of it. You do have a shepherd, but you're not letting them be a shepherd. He's saying, hey, that's not the place to go. You want to go over here, you want to go over here, but you're not listening. You keep going straight. Hey, you want to go over here, you want to go over here. So I'm with you, but the only problem is you're not humbling yourself towards any direction. So what's the result? Now the result is you still go to the ungodly place. You still have the bad testimony, but now you're mad at me because I was telling you not to go. That preacher didn't even have any faith. But it wasn't the no faith. It was actually God leading. It was that you didn't receive a shepherd. But if it's done right, before you even set your direction, say, hey, I think I should go over there. <laughs> well, you think about that, Mr. Shepherd, Pastor Man. Well, why do you think you should? Well, because of this, that, and everything else, I think I should go over there. Well, what about this scripture? And right now the Lord's given me a word for you because you just simply asked. And I'm thinking, maybe, do you think maybe too we should might go over there? Well, all of a sudden, John goes, you know what? That is God. That wasn't God. And now you've allowed the direction to start. We head off in the same direction at first, but then you allow yourself to be redirected, and you actually end up where God wants you to be instead of the ungodly place. In other words, you've got to allow direction. That takes humility. All right. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, and you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Roger, come here, please. This is going to be awesome. All right. So I want you, as soon as we hit this carpet, we're going to start walking. As soon as we hit this carpet, this carpet is the valley of the shadow of death. In other words, it's like the lights just went out and the devil is on you and every bit of fear he can do. And I want you to do 
what scared sheep do as soon as we hit this carpet. Do you understand? All right. So we're walking down here with a shepherd, and we hit the valley of the shadow of... <laughs> All right, now this whole time, keep on going. No, no, there you go. Keep on going. Keep on. <laughs> That's exactly. And and now the shepherd's going. All right, all right. Be quiet. Be quiet. But a share a scared sheep is doing what? Yeah. Be quiet. Hey, it's gonna be okay. But hey. All right. All right. Stop being the scared sheep. So we. <laughs> He said she might not want to marry me after this. I knew you would do what I needed you to do. Thank you, sir. Sometimes, see, people, hold on, stay here. People are so scared and they allow their circumstances so much that even in the midst of that place, a shepherd trying to comfort them, they won't know, you don't understand, pastor. I, you don't know the circumstances. You don't know, how about this one? You don't know what I've been through. And so basically what they're doing is they stay the scared sheep and the shepherd cannot help them. So they had a shepherd there, but they won't listen to correction. They won't listen to comfort because you don't know. You don't know what I'm going through. I probably do know what you're going through. Probably gone through it myself, which is probably why he's got me shepherding now. I had a situation uh, a couple of years ago, and somebody had gone through some stuff, and they are like, you just don't understand. And my conversation back to them, and I'm usually not this firm, but I was this time because the Holy Spirit directed me. You mean I don't understand when I went through this, and I went through this, and I went through this? And I had testimony of experience where God had shown, shown up and shown out. Yes, I know how to take you through this, but if you won't be quiet long enough for me to get comfort to you and direction, I can't help you still. You're still not allowing me to be your shepherd. But, if a sheep will trust a shepherd and submit to a shepherd, and we step into the valley of the shadow of darkness, and he may at first be afraid, all right, but then he accepts direction and comfort. It's all right, I got this. <laughs> Good sheep, sit here. Here's what happens. They give the shepherd the ability to step out. They give the shepherd the ability to step out in front of them in the valley of the shadow of darkness. Come on in, bro. Yeah. Happy birthday to you this week. Good. If the shepherd, let me say this right in this moment, and they'll understand. If the shepherd, if the sheep will allow the shepherd to guide them, stuff happens. Even when the sheep think that everything's still broken, God can be their shepherd. So, all right. So here's the thing. You get out into this place in the valley, but the sheep now takes 
lets the shepherd take the lead, right? The shepherd has his rod and his staff, and he can beat off the wolves. He can beat back the darkness, and he can keep the sheep with the hook of his staff from falling into the pit. He can keep the sheep out, and now the sheep can take comfort in the care of the shepherd and find the rest, even in the valley of the shadow of darkness. So God's system allows us to go into places where the world looks and goes, oh my gosh, I can't believe they went in there. And yet we can walk in in total comfort, total peace, and total victory when a sheep will allow a shepherd to be a shepherd. Thank you. Your rod and your staff, your protection and your direction comfort me. Your protection and your direction comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Again, where is, do you have any enemies in heaven? Where is this table prepared? It's right here. It's right here. And the table prepared in front of your enemies is not to gloat. The table prepared in front of your enemies is to show your enemies just how good your shepherd is. I'm talking about Jesus now. The table prepared in front of your enemies is to show them God's good. His guidance directs and protects me, even in the midst of my enemies and the darkness. You've anointed my head with oil, my cup overflows. You've got to open up yourself so that you become a vessel that God can flow through and overflow your life. This, again, takes humility. What are we talking about the whole time? Opening yourself up to the plan of God. Not just to a man. You're opening yourself up to the plan of God. You're opening yourself up not to a man, not to a building, not to a church itself. You're opening yourself up to the plan of God so that he can be who he called you. Surely because of a good, great shepherd, surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. These are all great things, but you don't move into those without accepting Jesus as your shepherd, the great shepherd, and accepting his plan of a shepherd, a pastor. It's very important. You need a pastor. You need a shepherd. But God leaves that choice of submission and obedience to you. He will prompt you, he will lead you, he will speak to your heart, he'll speak to your shepherd's heart. I've said this before, many of you here, I knew before you knew that you were supposed to be in this place. Why? Because he'll start talking to my, to my heart too. And he'll talk to your heart, just like what we were talking about with Rebecca. In her heart, she knew this was her place. Because she opened herself up to hear from God. He will even make you to know your pastor's voice. You'll know it. When you hear that person, you'll be getting fed. You know, it's not always like that. I've been in places where I closed off my heart to him. And it was hard for me to hear from my pastor. 
the different ones that I've had over the years have been played. But I did that. But there's always those moments where it's like, golly, I could eat every word that's coming out of it. Generally, that's because he's your shepherd. You got different people in town. You listen to them. I had somebody recently tell me, I, I listen to them. I just don't get anything out of it. But I listen to you. And you know what? There's people that are there that listen to me. They don't get anything out of it. Crazy, I know. But they, they don't get any. But that's what's happening is that's their shepherd. That's their shepherd. The question is, will you respond? Will you submit yourself to God's plan? And will you receive your shepherd? Will you receive your gift from God? Will you walk in God's plans of goodness for your life? It takes a choice and a commitment to a shepherd and to a body, to a flock. It doesn't just happen. So as we finish, let's just stand this morning. And you know, maybe you've been here for a while, and, but maybe you've been attending, but you haven't really opened up your heart for me to be your shepherd. And, and maybe this is not the right place, and you know that, and that's good. Maybe you're still looking, and here's what we do. We pray that your exact place would be known by you, and you would be strengthened with all might to be obedient and get in your place. Because God has a place for you. But if it's here this morning and you know it, and maybe you've said it before, maybe if the Lord pricks your heart to say something, say, you know what, this is my place. And Pastor Brian, you're my shepherd. And speak it. Let me know on the way out the door so I know where your heart is. This is my place. You're my shepherd. And then as we go forward, make sure not only that you don't forsake the gathering of the flock, but you also... Humble yourself to eat on the food that God's given me for you. To open up your heart and your mind so that we can help restoration come. To open up your ability to be guided and directed so that we can avoid the traps and we can avoid the fear and have the comfort. Humble yourself. Trust. And I promise you, I will do everything that is possible so that I can be the best shepherd that I can be for you. Amen? Amen. Lord, we just thank you and we praise you. Lord, thank you that you've given us gifts. Thank you that you've given us, and me too, a pastor. Thank you that you've given us shepherds. Lord, let us all, including myself right now, humble ourselves to receive our placement from you and receive our gift of a shepherd. Lord, let us humble ourselves and be obedient. Not just humble ourselves in, in our minds or in our words, but let us get to the place where we've humbled ourselves, where we've made a commitment, and our actions show it. And we praise you for it, and thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.